0: Well, welcome into the One-Up Podcast with Gary Williams. Very pleased to spend another edition of the One-Up Podcast with my colleague and partner on weekend morning drives. And also, uh, when we can, also on Golf Central, that is Jaime Diaz, one of the great writers in the history of American golf. We're continuing our, uh, our our collection of books, Jaime. First of all, it's great to be back with you. You're up in Pinehurst. I'm down here in the greater Orlando area in Winter Park. How, how are things up there?
1: Pretty good, Gary, as far as the spread of coronavirus, so far being slow in in, uh, North Carolina in general, but specifically in rural North Carolina, very slow. So Pinehurst hasn't really been hit and the golf courses remain open, but I do sense a lot more conscientiousness about enforcing social distancing and, and people really understanding this is a privilege and don't abuse it and don't be dumb about it, you know, be smart about it and maybe it can still last as a place to play golf.
0: Well, you know, I could talk to you about any subject as it relates to the game of golf. And really in sports, you're a huge sports fan. You, you've covered a lot of stuff. You've covered uh, Olympic Games. You love the game of basketball as well. And, and it's interesting, you know, we're talking about books. We did it last week. and It was really more, we talked about the, the books that were really uh, your foundation, my foundation, books that you rely on to this day to go back to. This week, we're going to focus on the biography. And the biography, the, the the American sports biography is a great genre. I mean, I, some of the best books I've ever read were biographies about athletes. I, you know, J.R. or collaborating with Andre Agassi on his book Open. Sandy Koufax's biography is fantastic. Uh, the, the biography on on Pete Maravich, uh, Joe Namath. I you know, I go on and on, but, but golf is pretty special. I mean, you know, you've collaborated on something that wasn't wasn't necessarily a biography, but it was about one of the most important figures in golf history. We're not going to talk about the Big Miss today, but you know, when you talk about one person, for, for an, that's the subject of an entire book. A person is either very interesting or made to be interesting. So I, let's start with that. Give me some, some historical figures in golf that lent themselves to being great bi- biographical subjects. Who were they? Well,
1: there's so many of them, Gary, and I think, you know, everybody in golf, at least if you're interested in golf, who got to be great at golf has an interesting story uh, in terms of how it happened and what their motivations were and and the, the formative struggles, all the things that, you know, shape someone to be exceptional in some way, uh, even if they might have presented to the world an otherwise, you know, boring, uh, to use a, you know, a pejorative uh, uh, sort of image. but. I, th- I mean Ben Hogan was not outwardly you know extroverted in any way or connected with people, but he was fascinating. And for example, Kurt Sampson's book, uh, just simply called Hogan, I think wasn't a long book and it wasn't comprehensive necessarily, but it got to the heart of that person uh, of of his of Ben Hogan's particular character and the things that helped him become great, his motivations, his struggles, all these things that for me, when I, when I read a golf biography, I, I really wanna learn about the game as well, but I love learning about how champions and, 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 not, and, not, and not quite champions think and what it takes to be great, what it takes uh, to be someone who can make golf an art form. And you know, golf in itself is not the only part of the biography, there's certainly the life part of it, but I think when it revolves around what made this person a genius, I think it becomes fascinating, just like a biography of Einstein would be, or a biography of, you know, Samuel Johnson, the great, maybe the greatest biography ever by by Boswell. It's just, uh, I think, a universal thing. Last night I was watching, um, on Netflix, a biography of uh, a documentary, but it was essentially a biography of Quincy Jones, and it was so well done. And I knew something about Quincy Jones, but not a lot. And now I love Quincy Jones. Now I want to know more. And I think that's what a great biography does.
0: You know, you mentioned Hogan, but let's start with him, because historical figures like Ben Hogan, uh, he, he lends himself to being written about. And uh, you mentioned Kurt Sampson's biography of Hogan, James Dodson as well, Ben Hogan, the American, and American life. Uh, now, I, I think it's hard to beat Dodson's uh, cover photograph. It was a Jules Alexander photo from from the 1959 U.S. Open at Wingfoot. That's the quintessential series of photos I think ever taken of Ben Hogan. Wingfoot to me is black and white from the Gothic clubhouse um, to to him walking those fairways in that beautifully laid shirt, that white shirt with the steel gray slacks. How about the Dotson biography on, on Hogan? Did you like it?
1: Oh, very much. I mean, James did a tremendous, Jim did a great job on that. It's comprehensive and, you know, He's a he's a wonderful writer very fluid and you know he, he did Arnold Palmer's uh, or yes. ghost, ghosted his autobiography and uh, he had a way of um, humanizing the subject and I, I think he did a beautiful job with Hogan I liked Samson's as well it was more pointed it was edgier uh, but I think for the record so to speak uh, you know Dotson's was uh, the one that will stand as you know the more complete version um, you know, you mentioned those photos. Uh, Martin Davis did a wonderful coffee table issue of of Hogan. The yes. Speak, and that's full of those Alexander uh, photos. Sometimes the photos are some of the best biography, or at least a photo essay that goes along with biography can make it special. I always think of Arnold Palmer's. I think my favorite actually would be Thomas Hauser's book on him, and uh, that was coffee table size with wonderful photos and a lot of writing in the margins, and you got a really complete picture of of Arnold. So. Photos can be the key to a great book as well, or at least certainly a separator as far as what, what makes one special and, and uh, another lacking slightly.
0: You know, the, the thing, Jaime, mean, that I find interesting is when you write a biography about somebody posthumously, that, that in and of itself presents great challenges. And, and you know, for the biographers of Arnold Palmer, obviously his passing in, in, in September of 2016, you know, a number of his biographers, including you know Mark McCormick, his longtime manager, had the luxury of all the time and the personal experience. Um, you know, for someone like Hogan, th- these men are, are trying to gather as much anecdotal information teamed with all of this quantitative information of accomplishment, and then personal experience of people who are still here, and put it together and weave it all together. Um, Jack Nicklaus, there again, multiple biographies. You and I talked about the different people who have written extensively about Jack, and he's another fascinating subject. Who do you think wrote the most complete biography about Jack Nicholas? Well, the guy who had the last
1: shot at it, which was Ken Bowden, uh, who was Ken Bowden, who worked with Jack for many years, was very close to him, did all his instruction, wrote Golf My Way with Jack, partnered in many ventures with Jack, knew him very well, played a lot of golf with him, I mean, Herbert Warren Wind was tremendous, and he wrote a great biography. But that was written when Jack was 31, 32 years old. The greatest game of all, and you know, much like uh, you know, down the fairway with Bobby Jones, which was written when he was like twenty-five or six. Um, it's a classic, but it was only the first third of his life. Um, and so, Ken Bowden's book, to me, is it's it's beautifully done. I know you know people think it's dry uh, relative to maybe uh, other biographies, but I loved it because it was so clinical about the game, and it really captured Jack's mind in terms of how he approached golf, how he was in competition. It's chronologically beautifully done. You know, each chapter is devoted to a major, but within that, uh, that Jack won. But within those majors, of his whole life. Uh, you know, whatever was going on chronologically in his life at that time, but also championships he lost, his struggles with the game, which you don't always think of Jack having struggled with the game. I came away from that book feeling like I really understood Jack so much better. And I think it's one of the classics, and it holds up beautifully. It, it's not at all dated. Um, and Ken Bowden really knew golf, and he really knew Jack. And I just think it's one of the great contributions. Uh, it's it's not always heralded as one of the greats. To me, I learned as much golf from that book and as much about Jack Nicklaus as anything. Uh, I use it all the time. I go back to it all the time. Sometimes when I interview Jack, I quote from it and ask him for reactions and he goes did I say that that is interesting you know he's he's fascinated with himself through this book because I'm sure he never gave it quite as much thought about who he is that as Ken Bowden did so that one to me is the greatest there's a great little book uh, called Golf and Life by Dr. John Tickle (laughs) which sounds so crazy he's an Australian (laughs) doctor who wrote it with Jack and it's just Jack's philosophy on life and it's never got off the ground as far as selling any, any copies, but it's, I think it's really insightful and really good. So the whole body of work about Jack is maybe the best of anybody in the game, I
0: think. You know, it's interesting because you have you spent a lot of time uh, with Jack Nicholson. and, and you know, the, the lion's share of it was either at the end of his bona fide, you know, competitive playing career. Against the best players in the world, and then you know the handful of times that you play annually on on the Senior Tour slash Champions Tour, but really in the last twenty years, what what do you think about the way that Jack thinks and articulates himself as it's lent to whether it's an article, a feature story? Is different now than it was when he was in the throes of trying to be as good as he could be and getting lost in the pursuit of something. Uh, while while growing a big big family at the same time, what, what what's more revealing about him when he talks and shares since the age of sixty five to present day now eighty? Well, I think he takes
1: the long view, and I think he's quite proud. Without ever bragging, he's quite proud of all that he accomplished. And I think he looks back a little bit in wonder, and there's a great satisfaction with you know just having gone through everything he got he went through and and with his record, uh, he's never one to say, "Gosh, I should have won more," you know he looks at the whole thing now holistically as that's all I had and I gave it everything I had and, and the chips fell where they, where they, where they did. And I'm satisfied. And I think that gives him a great wisdom. And he's, I think he just looks at himself historically as the public figure, almost, you know, stepping away from it and, and just admiring this particular athlete. And, uh, but he, he, he talks about it. I think Jack, Jack loves problem solving. I think that's one reason he was such a great player. He could problem solve on the golf course with his golf swing, fix it in the middle of a round. he could problem solve with with course management he could problem solve with getting out of struggles in his life and I think he loves analyzing anything uh, that has to do with golf and so when you do talk to him, he's really eloquent and and always i think so insightful and wise about other players, if you ask him about Tiger, all the way down, Arnold Palmer, any player, he has a really sophisticated view and opinion about it. And, and I think he's just a brilliant man. He's a golf genius. He's, you know, he's not a genius, maybe in, in, in the classic sense of life, but for what he did, he was a genius. And, I, and I find that about a lot of golfers. Um, if, if you want to use the term genius in a broad sense, it, it's not genius that you're the smartest guy, but it's genius in the sense of being the master of a subject, being the master mm-hmm. of a an endeavor, and just having an intuition to do it, and also a great ability to analyze why it works. And I, I think, you know, Jack had the gift of eloquence and and he was quite articulate. and so he 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 could convey and he could convey in words what made him special. and i I think he has been more willing to do that as he's gotten older now. I think there's a sense, you know, now he's 80, he may not have the same energy he had when he was 70 to talk about it. He Maybe he's tired of talking about it, but there was a sweet spot there, I'd say, in the 2000s, early 2000s, especially when Tiger started to look like he was gonna surpass him, where Jack was a great analyst. And uh, I think that he looks at, at that as some, as a way of giving back to the game, and he's done it as well as anyone since Jones.
0: You know, Jaime, when you, when you have written over the years, when you write future stories about players, and, and you're trying to learn as much as you can, whether it be about a specific uh, event, if you're writing uh, about, about a particular tournament of player one, you, you almost have to be a combination of, of a polygraph machine and a, and a, and a psychiatrist because you're, you're asking questions and you yourself are going, how truthful is this person being with me? And, and you want them, if you're, if you're somebody who's writing a biography, you want to get the truth. Have you ever found yourself going? You know, th- this person is just not willing to reveal the truth. Well,
1: sometimes I don't think it's always dishonest. I think it's more that, especially players, because they come from a prism that's quite self-centered, and I don't mean that in a way of, of being, uh, you know, a bad person, but simply the focus it took to be as good as they were at what they did makes them makes them look at things through their own, you know. Uh, their, their own lives. And, and sometimes they just don't see uh, other things because, you know, there's a kind of just a personal bias towards, towards what they're talking about. But I think the really good analysts and, and, and I think just players who have sent a sense more of the game in general and like a Crenshaw, for example, who just has a great grasp of history, he can take himself out of the conversation and be an observer. And he's great at that and because he loves the game so much. And he also has lived the game so much that he, you know, can identify with somebody, but without going, you know, well, I played in that tournament too. And gosh, I should have won it. I'm, I'm not saying everybody does that, but I do think that th- those players um, who you go to more often for, for anal- uh, analysis and quotes and, and memories and, you know, just a sense of the truth, as you say, um, have that gear that they can step away, and they're and they're wonderful observers. Um, and it, it's not it's not everybody, uh, but I you know I'm so interested. I'll I'll still push someone without you know being rude. I hope uh, to to kind of say wait a minute now, uh, just stop for a second and and think about that guy I'm asking you about a little bit more. And and usually they go okay. Now I see what you're saying. This isn't really about you know what I did that week or, or it's, it's more about what did I see in that other player? And what do I think through my own experiences in terms of being a golfer, was he going through? And and so it's all, I always find everybody who I've talked to about the game or doing a profile to try to get the truth to somebody else's life, usually quite helpful in some way or another. It might not be the whole thing they say. You might have three pages of stuff that you don't use, but there's one or two sentences or one or two paragraphs or quotes that really work for the story you're trying to do. And and that's what biographers all try to do, on a, you know, times a hundred. They they have to gather and gather and gather and probably only end up using 5%, 3% of what they actually got, but they cherry pick it for the very best stuff and then they unify it into, into a story that's fascinating. You
0: know, Jaime, you, you mentioned about 10 minutes ago, you mentioned Bobby Jones and I know on our first podcast we devoted to you know golf books we talked about down the fairway cuz that's a foundational book for me which was published in 1927 Jones was only 24 years old OB killer he collaborated with him on many things he you know chronicled virtually every you know competitive high level competitive round that that Jones played and then in 1959 he published golf is is my game that was a that was a reflective book that was long after his playing days, which ended in 1930. I mean, we're talking about three decades later. They're both great books. There's another book that, that I want, and you and I have not talked about this book, uh, Grand Slam, the Mark Frost book. That's a great uh, book. I would just it's a at great it. book. It and really and is. Mark Frost, Jaime, yeah. is a brilliant writer. I, I happen to think Game 6, uh, the book that was written about uh, the Cincinnati Reds and the Boston Red Sox, uh, the 1975 World Series, and also The Greatest Game Ever Played, which essentially is a We Met biography, uh, I think, for all intents and purposes. The thing that Mark, I thought, always has done brilliantly is that there's such a cultural uh, enlightenment that you get in addition to understanding the, 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 the subject better, the individual better. You understand the times and culture and society and, and and where we were as a nation and as a world, I, I that's why I thought Grand Slam and Greatest Game I've Ever Played are two of the best golf books that have been written.
1: I, well, I I agree. I'm glad you mentioned Grand Slam because that guy's a master storyteller, Mark Frost. And you know, some people say it's not strictly biography; it's more storytelling. But you know, I I've read you know I've read Jones's books and 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 some books about Jones, and then I read Grand Slam, and I thought. He got the essence of Jones beautifully, and then with his other gifts, he broadened and and um, and added more depth to the to the Jones uh, personality. You, you started feeling like you understood Bobby Jones's motivations and why he was, in some ways, a tortured figure when he competed. And there was just a great sense of wisdom and, um, I think, an intuition that that he brought to it. it it's not, you know, perfect sort of. Uh, Everything verified uh, factually, uh, kind of biography. But it, it, the license he took, I thought paid off in something that that rang true, and I think that's his gift. That's what that's what he did in the in the greatest game ever played, and that's what he did in uh, the match, and and that's why his his screenplays and his television work has works. He he knows, I you know I envy him so much. Uh, he knows story beautifully, and and. And he, he took the important things about Jones and put them in a way that was so readable. So I would recommend that book. And it's not always mentioned with Jones's books, but it, I think it adds a, an extra layer that you end up really enjoying.
0: I, 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 you know, I, I, again, I think it's a, a fabulous book. And I think Mark when I, you know, the first book that I read uh, of his was the game six book. And I went, my gosh, now Mark Foyles is also uh, the one who, who wrote the book, the match. Uh, which is not, it's not a biography. It's kind of a boutique book about one particular event. One of the, one of the great kind of, um, you know, probably a hundred thousand people say they were actually at Cypress Point <laughs> that day. Uh, <laughs> you
1: learn about Nelson and you learn about Hogan, it's almost like a, a mini biography in a way. And you know, it you is. made a point about the cultural uh, connections. I mean, Seabiscuit, which is considered one of the great, you know, biographies of a yes. Hogan, but it's really about the times. It, you know about the and, times and that's, you made a great point about that. And Frost does that beautifully.
0: I, I want to mention a book again, you and I have not talked about this, but I, I, I think it's absolutely worth mentioning um, because of her significance. And that is uh, wonder girl uh, written by Don Van Nata, which is the, it's, it's the subtitle, magnificent sporting life of Babe Diedrichson Zaharias. You know, Jaime, That's one of the most important, significant, uh, rollicking, uh, sporting lives that this country could ever read about. And I don't know if you've read that book or not, but it is, uh, I I think it's the definitive book on her.
1: Well, it is, uh, I have not read it, so I uh, can't speak for it, but I've read What a Gal, the Babe Bedrickson story by William Oscar Johnson, who used to write at Sports Illustrated, terrific, and uh, Nancy Williamson. And that was the seminal book, at least. And it's really, really good. And, you know, obviously women, just as they have throughout golf history, have sort of had to take a, a backseat culturally uh, because of the culture, I should say. And that, I mean, Babe Dietrichson is one of the most fascinating sports figures of all time, uh, regardless of golf. Uh, you know, just take her Olympic career and and everything about her as an athlete. So, yeah, I, I haven't read Don Van Attas. I know he's done the book about the presidents in golf. And he's, you know, he's tremendous. Uh, uh, body of work already, uh, and still going. Uh, but yes, uh, that, you know, I've, I've got all these, I've, I've lined these up here. I've got about 30 that I sort of cherry-picked of biographies that I've really loved, and I I said, God, there's no women except for Babe, and that's, uh, you know, down the road, there'll be more. I think the Mickey Wright biography will be written now that she's passed, and that'll be a difficult one, but it'll be a little bit like Hogan, I think. Uh, someone will get the key to her personality, and it'll be a really memorable book.
0: Let me ask you something about about as we sit here today, uh, you know, with a lot of people with a lot of time, we're we're asking, not asking of them, but kind of recommending if you know what, if you've got the time and you're you're inclined, obviously, uh, to to want to learn more about whether it be an individual person, um, you know, we're giving you these books because look, we all have this time as the world goes through this very stressful, uh, unnerving, challenging time. But we're trying to all be constructive and productive, and and make this time worthwhile. I want to ask you about about players right now that you think will be their stories will be a good biography. And I'm I'm taking Tiger out of the equation because there have been many books written about him, including one that you collaborated on, which is as good as any, truly. And and someday we're going to devote an entire podcast to the Big Miss, uh, so you know what that's like to try to try. To peel back the layers of of somebody who's been wrapped in Kevlar um, for really uh, his entire life, let alone professional life, give me give me some players that you go. You know what? Twenty years, fifteen years, ten years—that's a hell of a biography. Who in the game of golf is interesting?
1: Well, that's a great question. You know, a lot of people are interesting if you're into golf. Uh, you know, I think of Jeff Ogilvy as a guy who could do a memoir that would be quite interesting. I, I think the book that and I haven't read it yet. We've talked about it though, that Thomas Bjorn wrote. Uh, yes. And it, you know that that Thomas Bjorn is not an all time great player. He almost won the Open Championship once, but he's a a great thinker, and he's he's been scarred. And we talked about this, Gary. We're going to tip off our our closet uh, you know uh, subject that we want to write someday, the broken pro, <laughs> and 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 that's what uh, that's what Thomas Bjorn is really uh, you know illustrating there with his with his memoir. Uh, that's one I think way to go about it. I think Phil, Phil Mickelson will be a really interesting story when he chooses to open up completely. I, I think to this point he's sort of sanitized in in the book that he did. Uh, I think it's called something about Sundays. It's, it's I'm not diminishing it. it. It it's about winning the Masters, but it you know Phil's Phil's got this incredible uh, I think uh, just just saga <laughs> of, of mm-hmm. everything he's been through. Ernie Els could be a great story. Uh, certainly his, you know, what he, how he had to adjust his life after his son because of, of autism changed everything for him. Um, I think Anthony Kim would be an interesting story. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot. I I, I find we, we share a sort of an affinity for John Rahm and how intelligent he is and a student of history and and to come from Spain and understand, you know, what it takes to be, an outsider and, and make it in the game. And he's, you know, he's going to get the number one probably soon. So, uh, you know, a lot of guys, but, and not to digress, but there are a lot of great books um, that, you know, sort of, I, I would call them uh, sleepers a little bit. I just want to mention them really quickly. Sure. Gary players, Gary players autobiography to be the best is one of the most insightful, certainly explains Gary beautifully, but he's just, if you want to know what it's like to just, or get a sense of the intensity and the, to be that kind of competitor. Uh, you read that book and you understand some of it. Um, you know, Bernard Darwin wrote this incredible memoir called The World That Fred Made. It's as beautifully written and as touching as any golf biography. Um, you know, Sam Sneeds had some wonderful books written. Uh, well, he did one with Al Stump, The Education of a Golfer that's, I'd recommend. And that's also- That's the one he did with Barco. Barco, the one and only. It's really good. Uh, we could go on and on. Uh, I, I, didn't want to, I didn't, I didn't mean to inter- interject too much, no, but uh, no. that's you know, what we're Gene doing. Finn, I mean, you're just, yeah. just sprinkle but the, I, I you know, the
0: ink.
1: Oh, well, Gene Sarazen's book with Herb Wynn, that, that might be as good as any 30 years of championship golf and Sarazen lived an incredible life and, and Barco got him late. So he could look back, excuse me, Barco, Herb Wynn got him late and he could look back. Um, you know, gosh. Uh, Charlie Sifford's book is an important yes. book. Just let me play. Uh, he, he just talks about the whole the racism and the African-American experience in golf and and how he overcame it and what it did to him as a person and and how, in the end, he came out the other end as a Hall of famer, but there's a lot of pain in that book. Henry Longhurst, My Life in Soft Times,, uh, you know, uh, a great rollicking journalist and broadcaster, but very insightful. Donald Ross's book, a guy, Chris Bowie just did a great book on Donald Ross here locally in Pinehurst. It, it didn't get a lot of uh, uh, attention, but it, it deserves it. I could go on, but th- there's just a lot. If, I, I just would recommend to any, anyone who, who really wants to learn more about golf, biography is one of the best, you know, uh, sort of roads to, to travel to learn it.
0: No, I agree with you. Let me, let me add just with respect to um, – you know, these these players of present day, I, I think the Anthony Kim thing is fascinating. I, I think that anybody who was on site um, for any of Anthony's biggest moments, uh, and I was for a couple, uh, you know, including in Louisville in 2008, he partnered with Phil for a couple of the team matches at the Ryder Cup. He was like, uh, he was like, he was like human mercury. There was there was an electricity to him, um, you know, the, the, the way that he played the game, his bounce and and then just this this just remarkable, just dissension into the abyss that he's become he's like a ghost, and people have these Anthony Kim sightings. Anthony Kim, Jaime, when he Anthony Kim was an incredibly, and I haven't heard him speak in so many years, so eloquent. Yeah. He was, he was a great speaker and he had great energy
1: and a great deep voice. Like a yes, great deep voice, Be a great broadcaster. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Anthony Kim. Talk about a mystique. Talk about a mystery. Uh, you know, why, you know, that guy was so good. Get- I remember standing on the range once and Sergio was hitting balls and he was talking with his teacher and he was talking about a movie he wanted to make. And he goes, you know, uh, I, I can't quite do it. And then he turned around and he saw Anthony goes, And he goes, now, if I had that guy swing, I could do it, you know? I mean, you know, and this is Sergio, one of the greatest ball strikers of the last 50 years. And yet, you know, Anthony Kim had something special. I watched him give a clinic with Tiger once when Tiger was laid up. And Tiger was really, you know, really impressed. Now, Anthony couldn't really explain, not that he didn't have the intellectual capacity, but he just didn't think in terms of instruction or technique. He just, he was a natural, he was a gifted athlete with a wonderful, you know, kind of visual brain for how to play golf. And it looked like he loved it, but it turns out he really didn't. And that is just so, you know, confounding. And you just love to hear him, you know, in retrospect now, I wonder, does he have regrets or just, you know, someone who had it, he definitely had it. And when you have that, gosh, you don't want to throw it away or you don't necessarily want to feel like you didn't appreciate it. And I just wonder, everybody, in golf, that we that we talk to all the time, whether at the top of the game or in the middle of the game, whatever, that's what they want, and he had it, and it didn't mean that much to him. It's almost like David Duval. David Duval would would be a great biography, I think, autobiography. I would love to hear it.
0: Um, yeah, I know, I think again, you're right for,
1: for similar reasons. I mean, David achieved a tremendous amount and 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 won that Open Championship, but shortly after, it just did not mean the same to him as it had before, and and Anthony hit the wall much sooner and. And 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 much less uh, fulfilled.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you, and I think David. Uh, again, I I don't know him very well. You you do some work with him on on live from weeks, um, and hopefully there'll be some more live from weeks in, in 2020. But uh, it's it's all about the big reveal. How revealing are you willing uh, yeah. to be, particularly about somebody who may be in a premature descent? Uh, that, you know, and it's not about trying to expose scar tissue, but that's, you know, look, that that's, we're all frail for varying degrees. And I, I think golf, you and I have talked about this a great deal, lends itself, um, to scar tissue. And, and it's wow. not just the ones who missed the four footer, uh, the Mike Donalds and the Scott Hoax. There are a lot of players in the world golf hall of Fame, hall of fame who who, whether it's, you know. Them passing on regretting certain things, or, oh or are still job. with us who go you know I should have you know I won nineteen times I should have won thirty damn oh it
1: oh my god everybody it's just like us you know God I left you know I I, I saw <laughs> over and I left three out there I mean that's how guys look at their career but you talk about that fragility and vulnerability the one of the reasons down the fairway was so great was that Jones even in the midst of his great competitive career was willing to talk about that and. You know, that's so rare among champions, but it made the feat and it made the accomplishments that much more uh, wondrous because he had to overcome himself. But he let you into that battle. And that's that's rare. I mean, we know it's there, but to actually have somebody who was there, you know, uh, articulate it is really, I think, as compelling as anything gets in golf. That's why this Thomas Bjorn book is so great. And that's really why the best biographies in general are written looking back when the wars are over and guys can be honest about it in a way that doesn't threaten their competitive mindset.
0: Now I'm with you a couple more. I would, I would, I would mention, uh, and the, the author's name is escaping me off the top of my head. Uh, and these are two that have a tragic component to it. Tony Lima. Uh, I read that book and again, I, I apologize for forgetting the author's name, but well,
1: there's golfers gold, Will, Will Brown. And then there's another one who's I have it in the office cause we're working on some stuff for San Francisco at Harding park about Tony Lima and I I apologize as well. Uh but yes, that, that was a tragedy. It might have
0: been called Tony Lima The Champagne Life. I'm not I'm not certain. But nonetheless, you know, a lot of wonderful things in there about him. And, and then the other one, which was a recent release, is uh the the Kevin Robbins book about Payne Stewart, The Last yes. Stand of Payne Stewart, the Year Golf Changed Forever. I, I would mention about that book having read it. The, the, the detailed information that he gathered from the FAA about that flight that he wove in that, that was woven into the entire book is chilling, yeah. me. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about you know detailed biographical information on the other people who were on that plane and the yeah. history of the aircraft itself. Woo,
1: it's deep. Yeah. The last stand of Payne Stewart. Yeah, that was a that was a really entrancing chapter. And that's, you know, great biography has great detail. Uh, I would recommend to anyone, if they can, to go to Fresh Air on NPR and listen to Dave Davies' interview of Robert Caro, who wrote The Power Broker, and I think it's now a trilogy, but it's gonna be four parts, I believe, on LBJ, which has just been a lifetime of dedication to finish these, this, this incredible subject. And Caro talks about the process of biography but he took it as far i would guess as anyone in history in terms of detail and you start you 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 listen to it and you realize this, the sacrifices he made like going to live in the hill country of with his wife they're both new yorkers uh, in the hill country of texas for 3 or 4 years just so the people who knew lbj before they died would talk to them because they were so sus- suspicious of strangers and and the little details he got from that you know made all the difference but what a sacrifice and so Biography can be a great art form, and, you know, there, there is to some degree some really uh, artistic golf biographies as well.
0: No question about it. Well, with that, it's interesting you mentioned art form. I just purchased two biographies. Neither one of these men played golf. I'm looking forward to reading uh, Van Gogh, The Life. Uh, apparently it took 10 years for these co-authors to write the book. And same guys wrote, uh, Jackson Pollock's definitive biography. I've got both of those that I've oh, got an artist show. guy. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, not, no, I, but I want to learn. And, well, and yeah, they about golf biographies. There's so much to learn. Jaime. there's so much more we could talk about on this particular subject. We're not done though. We're, we've got more books and, and we're going to roll that out. But for the time being, uh, that's all for now on this edition of the one up podcast. I thank Jaime just, I can talk to them all day long. And uh, again, for everybody out there right now, if you can read a book, read it. Most importantly, stay safe, be well. And uh, we look forward to having you with us again on the next edition of the One Up podcast.